I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrood. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrood and I'm your host tonight with me. Uh, as almost always, as most weeks, uh, is uh, one of my partners in crime, Mr. Greg Talcott. Go ahead and say hi, Greg. Good evening, everybody in the Twitter and Facebook universe. Uh, we're hoping that everyone can hear us on Twitter since we don't actually have that, uh, have that going right now. Oh, I mean, I can see that it's running right now. That's about all I can do. I can't, you know, with the headphones on, I can't tell if the sound is actually going or if the feed is actually continually running. So, um, who knows? Well, you know, you could tweet us on that just to make sure. Um, yeah, so we are we are live again. We are trying to, as much as possible, go live with all of our podcasts. Um, the one thing about uh, watching this on either Twitter or Facebook is because of the limited capabilities that we have so far and the limited amount of resources that we have in order to pay the big bucks for the big, you know, products that allow us to do multiple things at once. Um, you will be able to see me the entire time. You will, however, not be able to see Greg, uh, but you will be able. You should be able to hear him on all on all uh, platforms. So, um, if you uh, if you can't, make sure to t- uh, tweet us or mention in the uh, in the comments. So we'll be good to go. If you have any comments or questions for us throughout the podcast, make sure to throw up the comments on either Facebook or Twitter. And uh, we'll be, uh, we'll have both those pages up to make sure that we uh, we respond to you during the uh, during the broadcast. All right, um, quick something that I wanted to mention real quick uh, before we actually got into our news and notes is um, you know something I'm really excited about is I found out today uh, which um, which league I am in for the. Uh, Scott Fishbowl 7 tournament. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the Scott Fishbowl is, it's a, a massive fantasy football tournament on uh, uh, that is run by a man named Scott Fish. And uh, it, is, it is hosted, you know, it's tons of gurus all over it. Uh, in my um, league alone, um, I'm going up against, uh, I'll be going up against uh, J.J. Zacharyson uh, of the late round quarterback and number fire, as well as um, uh, Jim Bukowski of Fantasy Sharks, Dynasty League Football's Matt Price, CBS Fantasy's Jamie Eisenberg, and Four for Four Fantasy's uh, let's say Chris uh, Kucharski. So um, I've got some stiff competition. This will be a whole lot of fun. This will be by far the most competitive um, league I have ever been in. I want to say that there's over 700 teams in it this year. So a uh, really fun format. Uh, you know, we'll I will do my best to keep. Uh, all of you guys up to date and informed on what's going on with that. So um, why don't we go ahead and get into our news. Um, start off our news. Uh, our news notes are brought to you by Bluehost. Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting company by WordPress.org. 
Every account features one-click WordPress installation. They have trained in-house experts available 24-7 and a help center full of guides, video tutorials, and more to help you build your website. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Bluehost also gives you, over, uh, gives you over $150 in advertising offers from Bing, uh, Google, and other leading sites to help you grow your business. You sign up today, you can get your own website for as little as $3.95 per month. Um, at Skull King Football here, we are more, uh, we are so happy with how um, smooth the transition has been to using uh, Bluehost, and we hope that uh, you guys would also uh, uh, want to go over to them. If you uh, want to launch your business today, make sure to go to bluehost.com slash track slash skulking today. That, again, that's bluehost.com slash track slash skulking. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the news and notes. Um, a lot has happened in this last week, Greg. Uh, you know, that will, you know, a lot's going on. All right, so to start off, you know, I think it's fitting since we're going over wide receivers. Uh, lots of hype, especially coming out of Miami Dolphins camp. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Devontae Parker apparently has been having an absolutely monstrous camp, and people think that he is going to have an, an amazing season. Now, is it just me, or does it seem like every offseason – the Miami Dolphins have everyone breaking out, and they're they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Is it just me? I mean, we've even we've already had uh, Adam Gase talk about uh, Jay Ajayi getting what is it uh, about 350 carries this year, and then Devontae Parker is going to be going off. Who else do they have? That's that's. I mean, you've already got Jarvis Landry. Uh, Julius Thomas is supposed to have a huge year this year. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I think. Um... Miami is one of those those teams that every preseason uh, there's there seems to be a fair amount of hype at least the preponderance of uh, of preseasons there's there's a fair amount of hype about Miami um, you know at the end of the day it's impossible for them to win their division we've already ruled that out right because you have that New England team right they're in that division so you're, <laughs> yeah. you're certainly not beating them um, you know and then you have a bunch of garbage so can they look better than say the Jets. Yes. You know, can they be equal or marginally better than the Bills? Yes. What does that all translate to? Uh, an eight-win season, maybe. You know, uh, best-case scenario, they get they get nine wins. And so, you know, the, the guys on, on Miami from a fantasy perspective are always going to be those, those spot players, um, unless it's maybe like Jarvis Landry, just because you know he's, he's going to get so many catches in a PPR league. But, you know, outside of that, you know, nothing really changes with this team. I mean, these are not guys that you want to go marching into battle with and hoping that you're going to win, you know, the fishbowl, for example. <laughs> well, okay, I do, I do have to say I am, I am somewhat encouraged by Jay Ajay. The only thing I worry about is can he actually hold up to the load? Even if he only gets 300 carries, even if it's not 350, if it's close to like, you know, 300, um, you know, if he can hold up to that load, he'll have a, I think he'll have a very successful season. Um, you know, again, can he hold up to that? Right. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a huge question. Um, and you know, maybe he can, but I mean, it, where you're looking at him being a, a, a number one running back, right. For your team, how does he stack up against other potential number ones? I would argue there's multiple rookies. I would probably take above him, especially if it's maybe a dynasty league format. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I get nervous anytime it comes to putting a Miami player on my team. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Let's go to uh, Giants running back coach Craig Johnson suggests that Paul Perkins can be a three down back. 
he could be. However, they have this guy named Shane Vereen who's really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. His only downfall is that he can't stay healthy. He could be a first and second down back, but again, that depends on whether or not the Giants O-line can actually block for him. Right. I mean, I, th- I think Perkins is a pickup from from what they had, um, and, and he's an improvement. And, and maybe he is going to be able to play, you know, three downs here and there. But, yeah, you do you do have Shane Vereen there. He is a specialist when it comes to being a, you know, receiving back out of the backfield. And that is still a team at the end of the day um, that is built around the passing game, right? And adding Brandon Marshall in the offseason is just – uh, you know, further evidence of that. So I, I think that, you know, an improvement for the Giants, um, not necessarily somebody who's going to start the year high on the fantasy radar, but it certainly might be worth, you know, kind of one of those bench positions in case he does, you know, catch fire and surprise some people. Yeah. I would, let's not forget they also added, was Evan Ingram? Is that the, is that the tight end that they, that they drafted as well? Right. Right. And big things are expected, you know, from, from him as well. Yeah. So I, yeah, uh, I'm not seeing it. You know, I, I need to, I need to see some, some preseason games and see what he actually looks like actually running against someone that's not, you know, his own teammate. Um, Moving on, uh, new Falcons offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian wants to utilize Julio Jones more often in the red zone. I have one thing to say. It's about freaking time. Last year he had was I want to say it was nine targets in the red zone. The two years before he had you know close I was like twelve, thirteen. Why is Julio Jones at what like six four two you know two twenty or whatever it is whatever his freakish body size is and the body control that he has? Why is he not targeted more in the red zone? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, there's a lot of inexplicable things about the Falcons, as recent history shows, and kind of, you know, over if you look at the Falcons historically, they, there's just some, some head-scratching moves. So, yeah, not using your, um, you know, your best offensive weapon, who's a phenomenal target in the red zone, uh, for a team that's built around its quarterback doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. Now, you know, years ago, of course, you, you would have been targeting Tony Gonzalez, but he's not there anymore. So there's really no good reason uh, to not be – not be targeting him. Yeah. Um, Packers coach Mike McCarthy says he wants to get Randall Cobb more touches. Randall Cobb had a little bit of a down year. Uh, Devontae Parker, or not, not, not Devontae Parker, Devontae Adams, the other, one of the other many Devontae's in the league, um, had a phenomenal uh, comeback year after really struggling trying to take a, a, I guess you could say a one or even a two role uh, with Jordy Nelson gone. Um, he, he had a, a lot of the better cornerbacks on him this year with there really being a three-headed monster with Randall Cobb. He really took over what was considered the number two position for Randall Cobb, finished with, what, 12, uh, 12 touchdowns, was just under 1,000 yards, um, had an absolutely phenomenal season. Do you think that Randall Cobb cuts into that this year? Um, you know, is there going to be more passing to go around in Green Bay? I don't think Randall Cobb does. Um, first, Devontae Adams isn't getting 12 touchdowns this year. I, I don't think that's going to happen. And the simple reason for that um, is the addition of one Martellus Bennett. You know, Martellus Bennett is a red zone target, a premier red zone target. He's an 8-10 to 10 touchdown guy, I think, easily in Green Bay. I think the upside on him is, is better than 10, but I, I think 8-10 to 10 is, you know, is safe. Uh, so I, I think ultimately uh, you wouldn't look for a whole, uh, you know, a whole heck of a lot more 
uh, for Randall Cobb with the addition of, of Bennett alone. Yeah. Well, and, and again, like you said, even if we take away a little bit from, um, from Adams, it's not going to, you know, that's not going to be enough with the addition of, of Bennett, you know, you're probably still taking away a little bit from, from Randall Cobb in that, in that instance. So, um, DeMarco Murray's hand was in a cast after undergoing a procedure, but Titans head coach Mike Malarkey said he expects the running back back for camp. Uh, the Chiefs are throwing everything, quote, throwing everything at third-round running back Kareem Hunt in OTAs. I love hearing that because, uh, you know, it seems like the what sucks – I talked to Justin about this. What sucks is it seems like the entire industry is picking him to be the, this year's Jordan Howard. What I've been trying to call him this year's Jordan Howard the whole time, and now everyone, you know, everyone else tries to say it at the same time. It really sucks. You know, you can't, you can't be individual anymore because there's so many voices in fantasy football. Um, but like I said, I really like Kareem Hunt, and I really think that he can take over Spencer Ware's position uh, as the lead back in Kansas City. Yeah, that's definitely a position that was open. Um, you know, this season coming in, they haven't had a go-to guy since uh, Jamal Charles started. You know experiencing injuries left and right. Uh, so I think Hunt is absolutely, uh, as I think we've talked about before, is absolutely in position to be, um, you know, a, a top candidate for, you know, a rookie of the year. Yep. All right. Uh, New, or, sorry, New Jersey Advanced Media's Connor Hughes pegged Austin Safarian Jenkins as the, quote, most impressive player on the field at Jets OTAs. <laughs> Yeah, we we heard some, you know, we heard, you know, a couple years ago in in uh, Tampa Bay that he was looking pretty good, and we see how that turned out as well. Uh, the the Jets' offenses haven't used tight ends in I can't tell you how long. You know, it's maybe that's a question for Gary Vaynerchuk, as he's such this huge, you know, New Jersey or a new uh, New York Jets fan. Um, having seen. ASJ at the University of Washington when he played in college. He does suffer from a lack of concentration and drops. He is a physical beast of a man. Again, but there's that focus. There's the 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 um you know the hands. He tends to have you know ping pong paddles for hands at times. Um, you know, I just he may be impressive, but that doesn't mean he's gonna produce on the field. I I'm not seeing it with the I'm seeing again the Jets struggling a lot this year and Austin Safarian Jenkins not doing anything to try to hold them up. Yeah, I, I just can't stop giggling about the, you know, looks good at Jets camp. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty low bar uh, for everybody to try to, to, try to get over there. Um, again, Austin Safarian Jenkins is not a guy who, who should end up being drafted, I don't think, in, in most leagues um, using a tight end. And he's certainly not going to be a week in week out starter. Now, you know, maybe he's somebody who can pleasantly surprise and be ends up being a waiver wire pickup, but you know, that's the best it's going to be. Let's, let's be realistic. This is the jets that we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Mike K of first coast news thinks that TJ Yeldon could be a surprise cut from the Jaguars. Um, I could possibly see this. I, what that would mean to me is that the Jags actually believe that Fournette can be a three-down player because um, Chris Ivory is not necessarily a three-down player. He's more of that first and second down banger. That's I mean, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, but that's definitely not what he's best at. TJ Yeldon, I believe, is the better pass catcher out of that group. But again, he can't run the, he can't run the ball on, on 
on short runs. I mean, he, you know, proved multiple times that he couldn't get the ball in from the one yard line. So I can kind of, again, I would be surprised at it, but at the same time, I can kind of see it. Well, right. And I think, you know, part of this, you know, too, is not every team uses that, um, you know, that, that third down back, maybe it's Fournette's blocking ability given his size on third down, which allows him to play three downs and not necessarily an expectation that he's going to, to catch a lot of passes. I mean, I'd be surprised if he caught more than, you know, 35 passes in a season. Sure. I think, that would, I think that would be high, right? I mean, if he's getting, you know, on average, you know, just shy of three catches a week. Yeah. So I don't think he's necessarily going to haul in a lot, but I think because of his size, he makes more protection for uh, Bortles. And obviously, you know, part of this pick is the investment they have in Bortles. It's all about supporting Blake Bortles because if not, you're going back to the drawing board at quarterback, you know, that's a, that's a huge setback for, for a team that thought at least a couple of years ago, they were on the rise, maybe turning the corner. Yeah. Well, and if you also look at, you know, how much they've invested in the wide receiver core, when you've got um, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Marquis Lee, who had a pretty good season last year. And then they went on to draft, uh, was it uh, DD Westbrook as well? Um, you know, they've got a, you know, a, a great wide receiver course. So I don't think they necessarily need, you know, going back to TJ Yeldon, they may not necessarily need the running back to catch the ball out of the backfield with all the other weapons that they have. So Eddie Lacy, feast mode, met his weight requirements coming in under 250 pounds. So he got his second, was it $55,000 bonus or whatever it was. Um, working on P90X again. Well, it worked at the beginning of last year, too. It's just once the season started, the waistline expanded again. Right, right. So that'll, that'll be the test to see what happens with, with Eddie Lacy this year. I mean, you know, he's in a system that should theoretically work well for his skill set and size, um, as evident, you know, by, by Marshawn Lynch in the past. But um, I, I still think you know, the bet most upside opportunity in the backfield is CJ Procise. In terms of upside, most likely, yeah. Um, again, if, if Eddie Lacy can even have even somewhat close to how he started out last season, last year he was, he was at, I want to say, 5 to 5.1 yards per carry. Um, it was just, I think that the weight didn't help him with, with his ankles. Cause I want to say it was an, I want to say it was an ankle inj- injury that caused him to go on the, on the IR last year. So, um, if he can keep a little bit of the weight off, keep those knees and ankles healthy, you know, who, who knows he could have a very, very good season this year. So, which the Seahawks need a good season out of a running back. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Wide receiver Jeremy Macklin signed with the Ravens, a two-year deal. I want to say it was for about $11 million. Um, how do you think that this affects uh, Wallace and Perryman? Well, let's not even you – know, who cares about Perryman? How do you think this affects Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there should be more than enough balls to go around in Baltimore because that offense is just absolutely dreadful. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think – I don't see it as a, a knock on anybody's ability to produce. I think everybody's production could theoretically be higher by just making a better receiving core, right? Um, you know, when you have nothing but a bunch of, of turds, you know, that you're running out there, nobody's numbers are going to look any good. Um, so I, I don't necessarily look as a detract, uh, potential detractor in, in production, certainly not from, you know, from, from Mike Wallace. Okay. 
Um, question, just your thoughts. Who do you think is, becomes the, uh, the starting uh, tight end there with Dennis Pitta being released due to his injury? Do you think, it, do you think it's Ben Watson? coming back off the Achilles injury from, from last preseason, or do you think it will be – let's see, who are the other guys that they've got there? It's uh, Max Williams and, uh, and Gilmore, I believe, are their, their two other uh, – Crockett Gilmore are their two other major uh, tight ends there. I think it's just Watson asterisk based on, you know, based on injury, you know, and his ability to come back. I mean, coming back from an Achilles injury is – is a big deal. I think especially as, as a tight end, I think that might be a little bit more challenging than certain other positions. But, um, you know, I'm no, I'm no Dr. James Andrews. Uh, so, you know, but I would, I would have to, you know, it's, it's a bit of a motley crew there at tight end, but I would lean on Watson as, as being the guy who's the number one. All right. Um, the Jets released Eric Decker. Uh, could not make a trade work. Again, I tend to find it interesting that when they tell, when everyone knows that they are going to either release a player or try to find a trade partner, or if they can't find a trade partner, they're going to release him. Why would anyone try to trade for him? Right. It's the no brainer of no brainers. He's going to be free in a week, but you can pay for him now because you want to uh, avoid the, the mad scramble for his services when he's free in a week. <laughs> because if he could be free in a week, guess what? People would already be coming to you. Look, 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 don't. Don't release this dude. We actually like this guy. We'll give you a six-rounder. People would actually come and offer you stuff. Yeah. You don't have to go and solicit this stuff. <laughs> it would just come to you. See, the way it works is if you have something that somebody else wants, they might come and solicit it from you. But if you have a handful of crap, likely nobody's going to ask. <laughs> I think that if, if Decker can actually get completely healthy, I still think that he can be – a a solid piece in someone's offense in terms Arizona of, or something like that in terms in terms of fantasy production I think he'd be closer to like a is he was always a solid like back into the wide receiver one top wide receiver two because he he was that consistent Mr. Touchdown he didn't get multiples in a week but what was it a couple seasons ago he finished with was it like 12 touchdowns Right, and, and he didn't any. He never had double, you know, two touchdowns in a game. He had twelve games with a touchdown. I mean, you can't get. I mean, that's the ultimate consistency right there. So I think that he, if he can get healthy, um, he still could be a solid person uh, for someone's offense and possibly be a you know that wide receiver three, maybe a flex role for for fantasy purposes. So de again, depending on the team he ends up on. Um, Bengals.com's Jeff Hobson hinted the Bengals might hold Giovanni Bernard after his ACL tear out of their first couple of regular season games. Um, open up the door for Joe Mixon. Um, you know, if, if Giovanni Bernard is out for those first couple games, I know they want to make sure that he's as healthy as possible, but can, I mean, I don't, Hill's not going to, I don't think Hill's going to have the, the position to himself for sure. Um, again, he can't catch the ball out of the backfield. He's proven that multiple times. Uh, so, you know, I think that that leaves the door open for Joe Mixon to possibly take over. Not that, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, I think Mixon is going gonna, is gonna to win that job. If he doesn't win it in the preseason, um, I say he has it won within the first four games uh, for sure. I think Cincinnati was willing to take the risk on him, given his background <clears throat> at the level that they did in the draft uh, for a purpose. And from everything I've ever heard, 
it's never been a question of talent. Um, and that perhaps if there wasn't the unfortunate slugging of a woman incident, then maybe he would have been the first running back drafted in this year's draft over Leonard Fournette. So um, he's certainly got the ability uh, to do it, uh, to be an every down back in Cincinnati. All right, uh, Colt, uh, just a quick note, Colt's uh, coach Chuck Pagano confirmed Andrew Luck uh, will do, not do anything during minicamp. Uh, I don't see any problem with this. The guy, you know, was a torn labrum, had surgery on it. Protect the investment. Highest paid quarterback in the league. You know, don't work him until you have to. Um, you know, like we were talking about with uh, Julio Jones and his ankle last week, don't do anything with Julio Jones until you have to. Mm-hmm. Same with Bronk a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know light yoga and then right. make sure he has a clean jersey for week one yep <laughs> um, sammy watkins surprisingly was taking reps and team drills after coach mcdermott said he would be limited to start minicamp um can sammy watkins get and stay healthy here's what you're going to see this season because it's a contract year and we've seen this from players before is the miracle string of healthy games um, and, and Watkins staying on the field and producing and probably being what will look back as is, is a, a nice sleeper pick and a guy who performed above expectations when all of a sudden done this year. I mean, I think I have him, you know, in that category this year as one of the top potential sleepers, you know, at, the, at least at the wide receiver position. Uh, so I think, I think given the situation, he's going to stay healthy. If he can't do it this year, his career is over. This is a contract year. This is the only chance he's going to have to make this work. You can't do it in a contract year. You're not getting squat going forward. Well, I think he'll get, he'll get paid, not as much. He'll get paid off of what he could possibly do. I think it could be a a heavily incentive laden contract. I think he'll still, someone will still pay him because of his, he has ability to play again. It's whether or not he can stay healthy. Um, not surprising, according to Eagles, uh, ESPN Eagles reporter Tim McManus, Carson Wentz struggled with bouts of inaccuracy during OTAs. It's still only OTAs. You got to remember, this guy threw only six less passes in his first year as a pro than he did in his entire college career. Um, when he's already, you know, he already had some issues with uh, with um, with mechanics. He's working on fixing those up. I'm not too worried about that yet so far. Uh, Jets running backs coach. Stump Mitchell said at minicamp, the team's plan is to use both Bilal Powell and Matt Forte until Matt Forte goes down with an injury. (laughs) I added that part in. I think Bilal Powell (laughs) will eventually take over that role. I think that he really is, um, you know, again, due to his age, I think that he is the better, the better running back for the Jets going forward. Um, Matt Forte can produce, but again, last year, his, his most successful games, I want to say the game that he had, what was it, uh, 100 yards and three TDs in like week two or three, that was on like 30 carries. He averaged three yards a carry to get those 100-plus yards and three TDs. All the games where he had the big yardage, it took massive amount of carries and a three to 3.5 yards per carry average in order for him to do anything. Uh, Bilal Powell was extremely effective down, down the stretch. But I think that Powell also can be hit with the injury bug and make things a little difficult on him. Well, Powell's been around here, you know, the Jets for a while now, and 
if he was ever the guy Matt Forte wouldn't have gotten there in the first place, right? So there, there's certainly questions on consistency when it comes to, you know, his ability to be the guy, um, you know, week in and, and, and week out. So, you know, the Jets, the Jets are full of holes all over the, the team. I mean, that, the, it's just an absolute disaster, um, you know, the Jets roster. That's true. All right. Here we go. Uh, Joe Flacco said that Danny Woodhead brings an element to the Ravens' offense they've been missing since Ray Rice. Well, we want, we want the, a good. A, I'm guessing that's a, a, a good element, not okay. a bad element All right. to the offense. Um, again, uh, Danny Woodhead is one of those guys that I love drafting because I play PPR leagues. However, you know, again, he's had two different seasons in the last three years in which he has been knocked out in game two with a season-ending injury two years ago it was like a broken it was a broken leg and then last year was the ACL the guy is I want to say 30 31 years old he's had a decent career so far I I'll probably still draft him and I think his injury his injury last year will bring him down far enough in drafts that he'll still be available for me to pick him up um you know, but I think that he, again, we're also talking about, you know, Terrence West will probably be the starting running back with Danny Wood and catch the ball out of the backfield. And then you've got, uh, uh, was it Kenneth Dixon, who's on suspension for the first four games uh, for, God, what was it, Adderall? Is that what he got caught with? <laughs> something. I don't know. That's usually what it is. It's usually Adderall or something. So he's, um, so yeah, with him being out, I really think that Danny Woodhead could, especially in the first few games, um, have a, a really good effect on that Baltimore offense. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, Joe Joe Flacco is a check down type of quarterback, uh, you know, at the end of the day. So there's going to be a spot for Woodhead. Um, PPR leagues, obviously, he's of, of value. He's of extreme value, I think, in, you know, uh, leagues where you have a flex position. Uh, and certainly the first four games are going to be, you know, kind of the high point, I think, of what you would expect from him, barring injury to the other guys later in the season yeah um i want to say well let's also talk about um who was it uh justin Forsett had a big uh pass catching role with joe flacco what was it, in 2014 i want to say when he ran for over it was like 1100 yards 1200 yards so i think you know i think that if if danny woodhead can be that just the pass catcher um i think that you know that'll that'll really help out the ravens um let's see 49ers fifth-round fifth tight end George Kittle is getting first-team reps at minicamp. Um, you know, they don't really have anyone else. I'm not a believer in Vance McDonald, so um, let's move. Uh, Ryan – or, sorry, Matt Ryan said that sophomore tight end Austin Hooper has improved exponentially this offseason. You know, if they can manage to get a tight end involved like they used to with Tony Gonzalez, I think that could be really good for Matt Ryan. Uh, hopefully – Austin Hooper can be the guy this year because last year with um, with Shanahan as the offensive coordinator, they were using both Hooper and Toy Lolo. And who was the other guy that got injured halfway through the season? Who was formerly with uh, formerly with Denver? Um, I can't remember his name. Anyways, he you know went on went on uh, the DL. So I I think this is a, a good thing for Austin Hooper being the lead tight end at this point for for Atlanta. Um, you know, do you think that again? Do you think there's enough balls to go around in Atlanta for Austin Hooper? Yeah, there there surely might be, but it might it might shoot some holes in that whole Julio Jones being used more in the red zone theory. 
I mean, because where, you know, where do you use the tight end most, right? You're going to use the tight end most to, to move the chains uh, on third downs, probably, and in the red zone, yeah. more often than not, right? So, you know, once again, I mean, are there going to be enough balls to go around in, you know, in the red zone? Doug Martin looks quicker and bulkier this year, per Joe Bucks fan. Uh, the, the muscle hamster with more muscles. I don't think that sounds all that great. To be completely honest, I think he still breaks down and ends up losing the job. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be I don't think he's gonna last long enough. No, he's got he's got arms like if you know, at least back in, in my era, you know, I'm I'm forty two years old. Um, my brother used to have He Man dolls and he used to have, <laughs> you know, those biceps on those things were just were like absolutely absurd. And Doug Martin has like, you know, the same biceps as, as Merman. Um, you know. <laughs> running around out there and I, I just don't see um you know how that's that's going to necessarily help him i'm not a big doug martin fan but uh more more bulk is not is not the issue all right um matt jones has uh matt jones agent has asked the redskins to release the running back which would make sense because they already everyone already knows that he's not in the redskins plans when they already have Rob <laughs> kelly and then drafted samaje perrine Matt Jones will not be a Redskin. They just need to get it over with and let him move on. Um, let's see. Jordan Howard expects a larger role in the passing game this season. I find that I find that somewhat interesting, considering you know who else they have to catch passes. Right. Exactly. I think Jordan Howard has done the math on the Bears roster by looking at things and going like, "Damn, I'm going to have to catch a lot of balls this year." You, you know, that's basically what he did because who are you going to throw the ball to? Um, you know, I, he, he saw the Victor Cruz signing and then he made this announcement after that. So apparently that's Jordan Howard's take on the, on the big coup of the bears signing one Victor Cruz is I'm going to catch more balls this season. Like two weeks later, that's the assessment he makes. I, I, I think that's a good man on the street opinion. If you ask me. Yeah. Uh, Denver post columnist, uh, Mark Kisla predicts that Paxton Lynch will be the Broncos starting quarterback in week one. Do you think it really matters who the starting quarterback is for the Broncos? Um, I think Lynch is definitely the, is definitely going to end up being the guy. Um, I mean, he looked great in the preseason last year. He didn't look so hot. He was okay uh, when he got to play um, last year, but I, I think he, I think he does certainly have the potential. Um and yeah, I think it, I think ultimately it does matter because I don't think Simeon has the ability to make that offense what it could be. I think Lynch has a better chance of using the weapons that they have um, in the passing game than than Simeon does. And you know, to the extent that he is a, able to do that, that's going to make that defense all the more lethal. All right. Um... Quick note, uh, although this is defense, Brown doctors have been looking at Miles Garrett's foot after he limped to the sideline following a pass rush drill. Classic Browns. Basic luck of the Browns. Um, yeah, a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of Browns fans. Not again, not again, not again. It's all over. Speaking of minicamp, uh, Kirk Cousins vowed to, get, uh, to target Terrell Pryor heavily on downfield routes this season. That would make sense because, I mean – you know, they could target Jamison Crowder on the downfield routes. However, he's not necessarily – I mean, he's more the get-the-ball-quick-into-his-hands kind of a Percy Harvin type, in my opinion. 
Um, you know, Terrell, they, they lost to Sean Jackson. So I, the most obvious vertical threat is going to be Terrell Pryor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why they signed him. That's what I, they brought him in. And I personally think he's going to have a monster year for Washington. I, I think so too. He's definitely going to be on, on many of my draft board watch lists. Um, all right, so that's it for the news and notes. Um, we did actually have, let me pull up the notifications here. We had a couple of, of uh, questions here. So real quick, before we get into the news and notes, or, or now that we're done with the news and notes, before we get into the wide receivers, um, quick question from uh, Kate Grimmett at kgrim 37 is Brandon Cooks a real number one for fantasy purposes? And who has a bigger year, Cooks or a healthy Gronk? I'll let you answer this one first. Um, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, he's a number one in the truest sense of the word for New England, but there's just so many weapons on New England that I think he can have a huge year. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be very reliant on what he does best, which is, you know, big plays, deep downfield, you know, passes. He's, he's not a hundred reception guy. Um, I don't think he's a 1500 yard guy, um, but I think he can be a 10 touchdown guy. Um, and, and he can certainly have the numbers. Now, if Gronk is healthy, you know, it's probably a, it's probably a split. I think, I think a healthy Gronk ultimately is the best offensive weapon on that team yeah um let me see how fast i can actually pull this up uh let's see nope i probably can't pull it up very fast never mind all right because i was gonna i was actually gonna look up to see where oh there we go i may actually have it here let's go to players playlist. i just want to i've actually got it right here i want to see who had the bigger year if it was in terms of fantasy points Mm-hmm. Cooks, let me see if I can actually find him on here. Cooks. In terms of, so he finished with last year in basic scoring, um, 206 fantasy points, so 78 receptions, uh, 1,100, almost 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. And then we go to Gronk, who also missed a fair portion of the season. Um, let's see, 25 receptions, 540 yards, and three TDs. Yeah, I think that if Gronk can stay healthy, fantasy-wise, he has the better season because he'll be utilized more in the red zone. Right. If he stays healthy, he could be a 14-touchdown guy. Correct. Um, again, it's that can he stay healthy with the beating he takes because he's so highly targeted by – by Tom Brady. In terms of fantasy purposes, no, I do not think that Brandon Cooks is a is a wide receiver one for fantasy. I think he's a wide receiver two. There's too much love to spread around in New England in terms of the passing game. And Brady already has a great rapport with with um with Edelman. And Edelman's right. his one receiver. Right. So I think that Brandon Cooks fits in, possibly has you know more yards, maybe more touchdowns than than Edelman, but I still think Edelman's the number one there. So I think Brandon Cooks can be a, a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three um, in terms of fantasy, probably a wide receiver two. But I think that's his ceiling. I don't think he hits number one status. Hmm. So 
All right, thanks, Katie, for the for the uh, the question. And we had a question. Well, it's not necessarily uh, not necessarily wide receiver related, but uh, Ernie Holloway uh, asks on Twitter um, at e holla the kid. <laughs> Do you think this is a good year to draft Blake Bortles given the new changes to the offense? I don't necessarily think it's any any year's a good year to draft Blake Bortles. To be completely honest. Um, However, I want to say, let me pull it up one more time. Um, I think that he actually, Bortles actually finished with more yards or with, with uh, more fantasy points. Or was it, did he, oh, come on, fantasy points. That's what I want. All right, he finished with more fantasy points than both Jameis Winston and Matthew Stafford last year. Wait, that doesn't count. That doesn't count in interceptions. That's different scoring. Um, I think he finished just right around the top ten. So it technically a QB one ish, but it's right on the edge. I don't know. I just he's he's such a, a wild card because he'll have these great games because of garbage time. He's a garbage time quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. He does he does mount a lot of his numbers. Um, you know that way. I mean, at the end of the day. Right. It, if you're a fantasy football owner, does it matter? I think from that standpoint, it matters when it comes to consistency and, and reliability week to week. Right. Um, I think he will be better because of, of Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think it takes the pressure off of him. Maybe that's going to help drop your turnovers. I don't know that you necessarily have a hell of a lot more offensive production purely from him. But if you could just improve on some of the dumb plays, um, and, and the bad play early in games particularly, you know, then I think, you know, Bortles looks good. He's certainly worth being on a roster. I mean, he's certainly a guy who's going to get playing time in fantasy leagues. He's just a guy that you cross your fingers when he's your starter. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I would be okay taking Bortles as my quarterback two in a two-quarterback league. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to – I would even I would have trouble taking him even in a super flex league where you can put in the quarterback as a as a flex. Ouch, that's kind of harsh. <laughs> Just I mean again because because again we're talking about consistency. Right. Right. It would it would depend on it would depend on, you know, it would depend on more 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 players to see, you know, who else I would have, you know, it's a possibility, but I would I would still be cautious doing that. So yeah, I think that 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 eight, nine, ten, you know, eleven ranked quarterbacks in the league is a real dogfight. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. All right, moving on. Let's go to our. Oh, it's time for our. Uh, we're going to go over our wide receiver rankings. Before we do that, again, one more sponsor. Our Rankings tonight are brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines. Uh, Vox DFS Firelines is one of the industry leaders in consulting and providing DFS lines for just about any sport on any platform. It does not matter if you play MLB, NASCAR, NFL, MLS, or PGA, or whether you prefer Yahoo, DraftKings, or FanDuel. Uh, Vox has the lineup experts to help you pull in the cash. Um, last month, um, one of the one of their consultants' PGA lines won sixty five grand in one night. Uh, sixty of that was for finishing second in a single contest. Um, 
you know, they, they're, they're guys pulling, pulling the money. Their top MLB consultant, uh, Kush, uh, his nickname is the cash man as multiple. He's, he streaks all the time, multiple streaks, cashing multiple days in a row, 10 days in a row. Um, the box consultants also teach you bankroll management. So you can learn what contests to play, uh, when to play so that you don't overextend yourself. So again, Go to voxdfs.com. That is vox, V-O-K-S-D-F-S.com today. Tell them that the guys from Skulking Football sent you. Um, if you are on Twitter, you can go to, I believe, the Twitter handle is V-O-K-D-F-S uh, Firelines. I believe is actually their, their Twitter handle there. So V-O-K-D-F-S Firelines. Uh, make sure to, uh, when you go over there, let them know that, uh, that the guys from Skulking sent you there. So. All right, we are moving on to wide receiver rankings. Now, we're mainly – really, we're just covering standard scoring rankings for the most part. Uh, we may later on get into more, more details with, um, with uh, you know, going to, uh, you know, PPR, half PPR, all that kind of stuff. But for tonight, really, we just want to focus on, on standard scoring rankings. So – Let's uh, go ahead and uh, get into them. Again, we're talking about, uh, we're, we do tier-based here. So um, really, for me, I, I'm sure it's probably the same for you. As far as tier one, really, it's three guys, period. It's Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's um, the creme de la creme of, of receivers, and especially when it comes to um, consistency, uh, as far as what you're going to put out. Um, and I think that's that's realistically the right ranking, right? I think Antonio Brown uh, has shown year after year that he is the man in Pittsburgh and, and deserves to be that. Um, you know, arguably the best player to draft in fantasy if it weren't for David Johnson. Um, I think Odell is there at number two. I am a little concerned that he gives up some production because of Brandon Marshall. And then you have to have Jones at three. Um, he, he can beat either of the other guys potentially in production, but you have to have some discount because of foot issues. Yeah, multiple foot issues over the last few years. Uh, I agree with you. Really, honestly, that's the only reason that I put Odell above Julio Jones is, again, the foot issues. You know, um, you know injuries happen, and you know, sometimes they happen to guys more often than others. And you have to take that into account when you're drafting and when you're looking at people uh, who you want on your, on your fantasy team. All right. So let's go ahead and move. I mean, they're tier one done. Let's move into tier two. Um, in terms of my list, I don't know if you're, if you're, I don't know if you're looking at mine, Greg, if you're looking at the ones on the website, again, on our website, uh, you can go to uh, skulkingfootball.com slash draft hyphen rankings. Um, in order to see these rankings, these are my rankings personally. Me, uh, um, these are not ones I've necessarily consulted with the um, with our writers on, but uh, these are my rankings for now. Um, the the writers' rankings will be more involved in the uh, draft kits and stuff. But uh, moving on to tier two, I have Mike Evans, Jordy Nelson, AJ Green, Des Bryant, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins and Doug Baldwin. So that rounds out our top 12, really. Um, I think that really, if there's any question about anyone in this group, um, it, there are some questions on whether or not Michael Thomas will have a sophomore slump. Um, 
but for me, barring injury, I think, well, and then DeAndre Hopkins, can he get, can he have a better um, rapport with, with Savage if it remains Savage for very long? Um, and then moving on to Deshaun Watson once he, you know, once he inevitably takes over, can he keep it going? Can he have a better season than he did with Brock Osweiler? So. Right. I mean, I think when I look at that group, I mean, I think I really, you know, generally agree uh, with the the names um, in tier two. I think Jordy Nelson came back strong last year. Uh, The the start of the season was a little bit slow, but he he really picked it up after that. Um, You know, AJ Green, uh, I'm, I've never, you know, he's a great receiver, but I'm just not in love with the lack of projection that generally comes from Dalton when it comes to touchdowns. You add John Ross, uh, you add Mixon, like we talked about. What does that ultimately mean for for his production? Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is kind of the question mark in this group, where the question being, what is the rapport once Watson gets in there? Because that's not a question of if, it's when. Um, and if they really do have true rapport, he's a guy who moves his way back up there towards the top of tier two because – you know, a couple of years ago, before, I mean, before the, the Osweiler debacle, you know, I mean, he was looked at as a top three, top four receiver, right? So um, he certainly has the physical attributes and the ability to be there. It's just whether or not you can get a, a quarterback who can capitalize on those things. Yeah. Uh, one, thing, one thing to mention on here, that the one game that Brock Osweiler sat out last year, uh, game 14 for them, mm-hmm. um, DeAndre Hopkins had 17 targets in that game. Right. It was like, his, yeah. I mean, it was off the, out of this world. Um, so, obviously, Tom Savage, if he's, he knows that if you're going to throw, you're going to throw to, there's one guy you're going to throw to. Um, and so, I think, I think that bodes better for DeAndre Hopkins, considering in so, you know, so many of these other games, you know, what, six targets, seven targets, six targets, four targets from Brock Osweiler. Um, you know, I think that I think that bodes well for DeAndre Hopkins if Tom Savage, you know, stays as the quarterback. I believe that once once Watson takes over, it very well could stay with DeAndre Hopkins. I think the top two targets will become DeAndre Hopkins and you know my man CJ Fedorowitz, um, who also Tom Savage uh, targeted more than uh, Ryan Griffin, the other tight end. So uh, seven to two in that game. So. Those are his top two targets. I think it could stay that way if you look at how Deshaun Watson, when he was playing at Clemson, targeted Mike Williams and how was it Jordan Leggett was his top tight end there. You know, those were two of the top guys for, for him receiving-wise. So, um, Moving into Tier 3, this is where I finally have Brandon Cooks in this kind of Tier 3 range. It's kind of the be- – again, it's that beginning of <laughs> – um, wide receiver twos. I have Allen Robinson there. Demarius Thomas, who I may move down. Saw an interesting stat. I want to thank, uh, I'll go ahead and you know, throw the mention out to him. Uh, the Eat Sleep Fantasy podcast um, posted uh, today. They had a, a graph out that Demarius Thomas has not outperformed his average draft position since 2013. Um, and right now he is currently in many mock drafts. Uh, I want to say his average draft position is wide receiver 15, where I have him ranked right now as far as standard. Um, I could see him dropping down more. Again, we have the question marks with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. Um, you know, I could see him moving down a little bit. I, 
I don't know who to move above him right now. You know, I'm sure I'm sure I'll get plenty of plenty of uh, questions about that on here. But uh, um, you know, for right now, I don't necessarily have anyone that I specifically want to move above him. Um, you got I've got Devonte Adams up there for now. Uh, Michael Crabtree, Terrell Pryor, Jarvis Landry. I think Jar- Jarvis Landry, even in standard, um, can be a top twenty wide receiver. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Brandon Marshall, Julian Edelman, and Golden Tate. Yeah, and so when I look at this, um, when I look at tier three, you know, I think these are some names that ultimately could ultimately could slide up right by the end of the year. I think the name that jumps out the most is Terrell Pryor, right? Yeah. Um, if he were to really live up to, I think, the potential uh, in, in playing in Washington with a better quarterback with Kirk Cousins, I think he's easily a tier two. Um, wide receiver when the season is all is all said and done. I think Brandon Cooks is a, a, again that guy that you you flip flop right. It's a coin toss on where he falls, um, you know, within that group. But at the end of the year, you know, he's not going to put up those Randy Moss numbers, but he might put up better numbers than he did last year, which would put him solidly in the middle of tier two. Yeah, um, you know, if he were to outperform that, you know, otherwise, you know, Michael Crabtree um, is certainly somebody that that Carr his built a great rapport with um you know i think that's a bit of a detractor for amari cooper in tier two i think the thing that helps both of them is it's obviously a contract year for Carr. uh look at being the highest paid quarterback in the league uh when that contract is done at about maybe 25 million a year is what is what i heard um so that means there's gonna be a lot of throwing um you know a lot of balls going around uh, a lot of opportunities for these guys so I would look for you know both of them to to produce well this year and I agree with you on Demarius Thomas I mean you know do you really want to take him at that position I he's certainly not a gonna be a number one guy on your team like he was a couple years ago um and you take he might be a watered down number two he's a great value at three depending on how the league breaks out but you're taking tight ends above you're, you're taking a Gronkowski for sure above Demarius Thomas right and you're probably taking a Jordan Reed and a and a uh, Travis Kelsey above him as well you know yeah absolutely right so there's there's these other names that factor in that put his realistic draft position you know as a pass catcher you know even a little bit further down the list if you want to be safe with who you're drafting yeah all right um all right, really, how good – because my rankings, I have Brandon Marshall ranked nine spots higher than pretty much just about anyone else that I've seen. A lot of guys I've seen, Brandon Marshall, right around the third range. I think that he can be a top 20. I think that by the end of the season, as long as he stays healthy, he will be a top 20 wide receiver. I would agree with that. I mean, I think that he's certainly got the potential to be a top – 20 wide receiver he has the potential to score more touchdowns than certain other guys on this list Jarvis Landry being one of them correct right um Devontae Adams is going to score fewer touchdowns this year I don't think he's going to score 12 touchdowns um so there, you can see where there's some wiggle room uh you know for him to move higher um you know Larry Fitzgerald had a hell of a lot of catches last year the yardage wasn't any good where does he end up ultimately this year you know the ageless wonder that he is he could easily overtake a um you know, a Larry Fitzgerald potentially. So, yeah, I think Brandon Marshall, um, you know, should not be much lower than where you where you have him, especially if I'm looking at some of the names in Tier 4. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Tier 4. Um, Keenan Allen, I really, 
in here, I've got a lot of injury guys. Let's be honest. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Dante Moncrief. Then you've got Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Diggs, who suffered a lot, who dealt with hamstring and leg injuries last year. Alshon Jeffrey, who has dealt with injury, but has also, you know, dealt with PEDs that didn't work. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, who's dealing with weight issues. Jamison Crowder, who honestly is probably a little bit more of a PPR guy, but, uh, you know, is very explosive and with Deshaun Jackson gone again, uh, very well could have a bigger season. Then we've got Deshaun Jackson, who's now in Tampa Bay as the number two there. And then at number 32 for me, I've got him ranked a little bit lower for standard is Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, Tyreek had a huge year last year, you know, but again, I don't think he scores 12 touchdowns like he did last year. Uh, you know, a few of those were, were return touchdowns. You know, I just he had Macklin as you know as a second as a secondary receiving option there in terms of wide receivers, and then also Travis Kelsey. Now he doesn't have Macklin there anymore. Tyreek Hill's been a bit of a um, controversial player in terms of what is he actually able to do. Can he be that number one guy? And it's not very often. Let's be honest that we see a for lack of a better comparison, a Percy Harvin type of player become that number one guy for very long if they actually become it, you know, and, and, and actually produce at that level. Right. I mean, he's another one of these fast, get him the ball in space, make things happen, you know, type of players. And just natural flow of the game, some, sometimes that works better than it, that does other times, right? Um, you have a lot of these guys in the league, and um, they don't always find a way to produce. Percy Harvin couldn't consistently produce. Tavon Austin can't consistently produce. I think Tyreek Hill's better than both of those guys, but you can't look at them necessarily to consistently produce. So, you know, what position do you put him in, to your point? And he, ultimately, for me, is much more like a wide receiver four, to be quite honest. Um, I'm a more conservative guy when it comes to drafting. I, I see other names on here, you know, that you have below, like a, theoretically a Sammy Watkins, right? Which injury history doesn't make him a safe bet, but contract year overrules that. And what I do contract year, Sammy Watkins over what position does he play Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah. Those are the type of things that I ultimately I'm, I'm going to wonder. Um, you're looking at a, a Corey Davis who's, who's even lower. You know, what does, you know, how would I compare them? I'd probably go with the rookie. You know, at that point, especially in maybe a dynasty league where he has the potential to be the guy who's the guy, right? And yeah. it, it's not its not a, ever going to be a question um, is, you know, as long as he, he proves it this year. So I think those are some of the questions you have to ask with him. Um, you know, and at the end of the year, you know, somebody's either going to look like a genius or a fool, uh, depending on exactly where they caught him in the draft. All right, moving to another player. Uh, we're back in back in this uh, this tier four area. Uh, again, I'm looking at you know because I'm using the Fantasy Pros app in order to uh, in order to do my rankings and looking at how down I am compared to all the experts and how down I know you are compared to all the experts on Alshon Jeffrey. I have him ranked at 28, and I can't. I mean, it looks like everyone has him ranked right around that wide receiver 15 area. Good God. <laughs> tier, you know, top of tier three for us. Um, I'm just, I'm not seeing, he had so much trouble last year. I mean, I know he had, 
he they had the quarterback issues, um, you know, with all the injuries. But I mean, he's going to a team with Carson Wentz. He's got Jordan uh, Jordan Matthews. He does actually have some competition in terms of Jordan Matthews for for receiving the ball. Not that's you know huge, but there's someone else that already has rapport who is proven to play pretty well and be somewhat of a fantasy producer. And you have Alshon Jeffrey, who again was caught taking PEDs last year that didn't help. <laughs> um, right. I just and going to a different team. I don't see it. I mean, I I'm I figure he'll finish right around. I could you know I could see him finishing at the bottom of a wide receiver two twelve man league, running right that twenty four twenty five spot. That's honestly I think that's where he most likely fits. Uh, yeah, I I would think that's kind of a, a good scenario you know, realistically for him because he can't catch the football. Um, I don't know if you've ever actually really looked at him when he's on the field, but when he holds up his hands, these gloves he got, they're weird. I don't know if they just – the camera angle or what it was, but his hands always look like the, you know, the Mickey Mouse, you know, with that big fat white glove that's like disproportionate to like the rest of the arm. The glove did not look right. I'm like, what is that? It's like an inflatable mitt. I'm like, that's why you can't catch the ball. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's ultimately I, – I, I don't have – uh, a lot of high hopes from him. He's not going to run away from people. His yards after the catch aren't that impressive. Um, you know, I, I think that the guys above him are easily above him, and there could arguably be other guys who, who end up above him even further. I mean, you know, Deshaun Jackson theoretically might have a, a better year than Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah, it very well could be. But, again, with, with Deshaun Watson, we're also – you know, for me, it's because of his age and some of the leg problems that he's had. Can he stay healthy? Right. Maybe the warm weather will help. Yeah. Who knows? That could be. Another guy, I mean, we're kind of going backwards on the list. Keenan Allen, I don't know how healthy he can stay. I mean, yes. Let, I mean, let's look at He's had an ACL tear. He's had um, a shredded up kidney from getting hit. And I can't remember. He had it. Was it another one was a shoulder. Those type of injuries – Aren't necessarily aren't necessarily related, but the fact that he keeps getting injured so severely mm-hmm. makes me wonder of whether or not it's just his body can't take the punishment. I'm not willing to take the risk on him. I have him ranked as number 24 in a best case scenario, and will most likely move him down even farther. Um, considering you know, again, a lot of a lot of the experts have him a lot higher than I do. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, um, there's a reason Mike Williams was drafted, and Mike Williams right. has, you know, every bit the the potential to to usurp that position and, and own that number one position, uh, playing with a quarterback who who really just needs targets to, to get the ball to. So, um, yeah, I, I'd have some concerns about Keenan Allen, who's a great talent when he's healthy, but just really weird stuff has been following him around. Yeah, and then the other, you know, massively injured guy that, that I wanted to throw out there was uh, uh, Dante Moncrief. He had, last year he played in nine games, had seven touchdowns. And those two games that he didn't have a touchdown, he only had like a couple of targets because he was injured in like the first or second quarter. So, I mean, he is a, he is a touchdown machine that is trusted in the red zone by Andrew Luck. And if he can stay healthy could be up in that tier three area if you i mean in in my opinion because if you look at their running game it's just frank gore they're going to throw the snot out of the ball again because it's andrew luck 
Yeah, just, absolutely. I mean, I just don't think he can stay healthy. Right. Right. Well, you know, that's the question. I mean, just a, you know, injury bug all across, you know, um, you know, Indy's, Indy's team, frankly, but Moncrief did show himself to be highly productive when he is in there. Um, I kind of, I think, you know, Indy's going to look better this year. Um, Eric Decker is a guy who would look pretty darn good in yeah. a Colts uniform, right? I mean, places where that guy could fit, where he'd have, you know, a lot of upside potential. I would think that the Indianapolis is one of those places. Arizona's another one of those places. Um, you know, and if it, if they were to sign somebody like him, then I think that ultimately kind of plays a role. And obviously, where does he, you know, where do these things shake out at the end of the year? Yeah. All right. And then let's go ahead and go kind of this last little section here. Um, my, I think there's something wrong with the, with the coding when I when I input this because you know it's got massive tears kind of cut into all the rest of my tears here. Right. Uh, let's uh, let's go with the let's start at the what is it with that new tier three where it's got Willie Sneed. Start there. Willie Sneed, I think, could be a top twenty wide receiver this year. I need I I really am probably going to be moving him up even farther than this thirty three section because you've got again you've got Michael Thomas. Um, and you've got, oh, the Colby Fleener, who didn't really show a whole lot this year, but who knows, could have a better year after actually having a year in the system. And then you've got the absence of Brandon Cooks. I think that only poses huge gains for Willie Sneed. And in terms of draft value, because of how high Michael Thomas is going, you know, again, right around that wide receiver 10 area, I think that Willie Sneed's value is going to be a whole lot better. I know a whole lot of people are saying this, but obviously Willie Sneed's value is going to be better because he is going to get so many more targets than he did last year because there's going to be more to go around with, with, uh, with Cooks gone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Willie Sneed has the potential to, to end up as a solid number two wide receiver um, by the end of the year, assuming Drew Brees is able to kind of maintain that level of production. Uh, you know, throughout the year. I mean, that's really what New Orleans comes down to. It's not, you know, which names are at wide receivers can Drew Brees produce? Yep. Continue, keep doing what he's doing. And uh, when we talked about the quarterback episode, I said, you know, he's still a great quarterback, but I would slot him down for the first time this year uh, versus last year. I saw a thing from Peter King. I don't know. Obviously, Peter King has been around football forever. He knows more about football than you know. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Um, I don't know that he's a fantasy football guru though. And uh, but even he he said you know maybe Breeze is is one more year. You know this is probably not the year that he he's still that top level. So could that be a negative impact on what people might expect out of these guys? But I think Willie Sneed ultimately does get ranked higher. And on a relative value versus where somebody drop, drafts Michael Thomas at the end of the year, he's a better relative value. Yeah. All right. Um, we've got the ever-injured Sammy Watkins. Uh, I've got Rashard Matthews. I still think – I have tentatively right now, I have Rashard Matthews over Corey Davis. That will change. Really, that's just because Corey Davis is a rookie. He was coming off an ankle injury. I want to see what he can do in mini camps and see what he can do in a preseason game. Um, so for right now, that's really why I have still have Rashard Matthews above him. And then we've got, again, we've got some wild cards here. We've got Devontae Parker, Tyrell Williams, who showed a lot last year. I'm apparently a lot higher on Tyrell Williams than anyone else because I've got him 11 slots higher than most of the experts at number 38 instead of, you know, almost 50. The guy, the guy produced. 
you know, especially if Keenan Allen goes down again, he's going to ha- Tyrell Williams will have another thousand yard season this year. Yeah, especially if Keenan Allen goes down. Um, and, and I think if he's ranked lower, it's because somebody's assuming that he's going to produce, you know, a lot, right? That Keenan Allen's going to come back and, and, and kind of and put up all those numbers uh, that otherwise Williams was able to capitalize on last year. But, you know, I think uh, th- there are, you know, there is certainly enough to go around, um, you know, when it comes to the Chargers. Uh, and, um, you know, he is, he's a solid receiver. But, yeah, these are the guys that you get into, you know, in this range where you got injury guys, you got rookie guys, you got, what, Martavis Bryant, the drug guy, um, you know, then you get some Bears guys, you know. So you're getting into that area where it just starts getting, you know, a little, a little bit murky, right? Yeah, yeah I think – I think, you know, for the most part, well, well, then you've got some Jets guys as well. Um, you know, you know, I, again, I think that once you get down to here, it's somewhat of a crapshoot. You know, it's, you will need to see more in, you know, in preseason. Again, this is why we don't draft until the last possible moment. Um, you know, it kind of, it stinks a little bit that the, um, that the Scott Fishbowl, that I mean, the, the draft is... I want to say it's mid-July. It's like July 10th or something like that. Or when it's, that's when it starts, but you've got like three hours between every pick because, you know, you've got guys all over the country doing the picking. Um, so, yeah, I think once we're in this area, a couple guys that I'm higher on than obviously most of the experts, um, I'm high on Zay Jones as long as he stays healthy. I think he performs well, and he's in a spot that, with Sammy Watkins, who can't seem to stay healthy, Zay Jones could be the number one wide receiver in, in Buffalo. Um, you know, I've, who else do I have in this area that I'm kind of high on? Uh, Sterling Shepard. You know, even with bringing in Brandon Marshall and Evan Ingram, in terms of tight ends, rookie tight ends don't perform all that great. I mean, you see guys that, you know, guys may have more than six touchdowns, but it's very few of them that get over five, 600 yards. Um, and, and Sterling Shepard, I want to say, had, what did he finish with eight touchdowns last year and a little over 600 yards? I think he can improve on that. Again, if Brandon Marshall um, has some health issues, can't stay healthy, Sterling Shepard very well could, you know, step right back into that number two role. Um, you know, I think that he has with that extra, with that year with Eli Manning has enough of a rapport with him and has enough of Eli Manning's trust, um, again, to still be used, uh, down in the red zone. All right. Uh, is there anyone, I I don't know, maybe someone that you think that we haven't mentioned yet that you think will be better than people think it's kind of one one maybe sleeper guy that that you think everyone seems to be overlooking so far um you know i think as i i'm going through um the list here and and looking for people who could have some some you know decent numbers um curtis samuel I, i really like what him and mccaffrey ultimately bring to the potential of the Panthers this year. He's kind of, you know, maybe if I'm looking at it, like, would he be the poor man's Tyreek Hill to assess the start of the season, right? As far as what are you really going to get from him? But I think that's somebody that can, 
that can obviously, um, you know, obviously has the potential to produce and with, you know, within an offense, maybe overproduce where he's likely to probably not even be drafted in, in most fantasy leagues this year. Uh, I think John Ross is, um, you know, another one uh, that could have, uh, you know, that wide receiver four potential, uh, big, you big know, as best type of guy. Right, exactly. Um, so not consistency week to week, but, you know, at the end of the season put up some, you know, some pretty decent numbers. Um, in the uh, rare event that Kevin White has a functioning leg, <laughs> um, then he obviously probably has massive upside, regardless of if he's playing with, uh, you know, Beaker or, or, or Trubisky, the golden child, um, you know, because the only other options they have are Cameron Meredith and, you know, Jordan Howard. So, you know, it, I'm sorry, Victor Cruz. I don't want to overlook that. <laughs> um, but Kevin White has the ability to be the number one, theoretically, right? That's why they drafted him. He should be the number one wide receiver on the Bears. So let's pretend that he becomes the number one wide receiver on the Bears. That's a lot higher than most people are going to draft him this year. Yeah. Um, what, okay. I don't know how I messed this up. One guy that I definitely think is going to be a lot higher is Cole Beasley. Somehow I have him down at wide receiver number 74. Um, he will be a top 40 wide receiver because Dak Prescott trusts him and loves throwing to him in the slot, period. It's, I mean, you look at how much he threw to him last year. Cole Beasley had a, had a, a kind of a breakout year of sorts, I guess you could say, where halfway through the season he was outperforming, he was outperforming guys um, that were, again, we look at the top of this, he was outperforming um, Allen Robinson. He was practically outperforming Demarius Thomas, um, Jarvis Landry. These were guys that he was outperforming last year, halfway through the season. So I think, uh, you know, I, he's definitely a guy I will be moving up in the top 40 or 50. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if there's nothing else from you, Greg, I think, I think we'll call it a show. Yeah, I think we got through, um, you know, the, the list here, um, you know, and obviously we'll, we'll see how things develop through camp and, you know, slide some things around, uh, you know, but ultimately good show, good info. Uh, fantasy owners are richer for the experience as they always are uh, when they tune in. And uh, those who don't tune in, uh, I have removed from my list of successful people. <laughs> all right well again i want to thank everyone who uh who followed us uh, on the broadcast tonight not only on facebook um but also on uh on twitter we had a, a bunch of views on twitter as well again thank you everyone for for uh being part of the show tonight thank you for the questions we will be doing this again next week um and i believe next week our our topic will be the tight ends and going over the tight end rankings we'll see if we can maybe get uh um, our our tight end writer um, Dante on the show next week uh, it'll be a little bit tough since we start this at midnight his time so um, we'll see if we can get him on the show next week and hopefully Justin will be will be back as well so all right thank you again everyone for for taking your time to listen to the Skull King Football Podcast my name is Ryan Skullrude, uh and uh, and for for Greg uh, again thank you so much for listening and we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.
At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.